I will admit, I, I will admit, it, it is a day in which I'm, I'm a little bit triggered. I, I will admit, I, I had a great listening experience last night. I got to listen from start to finish to Oklahoma, West Virginia, and a huge win for the Sooners over West Virginia. Let, let's go ahead and, and bring that maybe down a notch. A must-needed win against West Virginia, a win that the – I'm trying to think of an analogy that isn't, like, crude for somehow staying alive. You know, it's kind of as if the – you're almost starting to see the beep, and then all of a sudden every song there's a beep, beep. There's a little bit of life left for Oklahoma in its, in its postseason hopes. And they resuscitated some of it. Last night with a win over West Virginia. Now, if you listen to this show with any regularity, or if you've paid attention to college basketball, you know the unfortunate side for Oklahoma is that in its final three must-win games, nobody is going to help them when it comes to their net rankings, when it comes to their nitty-gritty, if you will. The Sooners... Uh, I didn't check this morning. Maybe I need to check right now. Uh, But the Sooners in the net rankings, yesterday they were 48th. Today, this morning, after the win over West Virginia, it moved them up to 47. Look out! But the point is, more than anything else, you beat the team that was 73rd in West Virginia, who they dropped to 78 after losing you, and still to come is a showdown with the team at 61, which is Kansas State. So you're not you're not moving up the Joe Lenardi depth chart to end up making the big dance. But as Josh Helmer joins us in the Brown O'Haver Studios, where he is standing by. But, Josh Helmer, you're still alive. There's there's still some hope. There's still some juice. There's still some energy. There still is a chance for the Sooners, correct? Oh, there's a chance. Go win at Kansas State, and that'll be a nice road win for them. It should be a quad one win, right, if they go win on the road at Kansas State? What is – oh, geez, Blaine sent this to me a while back. Check Because I always get confused. Kansas State, what did I just say they were in the net rankings? Uh, 61 for Kansas State. So, yeah, yeah, that'd still be a quad one win for Oklahoma. I mean, you'll take all the quad one wins you could possibly get, right? Uh, let's see here. Hold on, where is Blaine? It's in th- quad one is one through 75 on the road. So, yeah. You've got, you've got a chance as long as things don't completely fall apart for Kansas State because <laughs> they're 61st right now. So they're keeping hope alive. Keeping hope. Overall, what did you think? I mean, I thought for Oklahoma you had a stretch where West Virginia went, missed 19 straight shots and they were able to take that first half advantage and, and really kind of build a nice cushion. Uh, West Virginia made a, made a run. But I kind of think they, they always do. It's just, does that run give them a lead, or does it cut it to five? Does it make it a little bit nerve-wracking? And thankfully for the Sooners, 
that run that West Virginia went on was more bothersome than it was game-changing, right? I mean, this is a – and maybe I'm being a little bit too dramatic about it, but I, I never really – I never really felt like the Sooners were in too much peril last night. I thought they did a good job of of maintaining over West Virginia, even though the Mountaineers went on a couple of runs. Really nice performance for Tanner Groves, Jordan Goldwire. Another good game for him. And, you know, now you go on the road and you beat Kansas State. If they can get that and that first game in the Big 12 tournament, they're going to have a legitimate chance because it's it's coming against Kansas or Baylor. Absolutely. How are you today, Josh? You okay? You see, is someone bothering you in studio? No. Are you good? No, I'm good. All right. Good okay. morning. You seemed a little short this morning. I was like, you, you good? It's weird because it's a Wednesday, and we are at Cavens Construction, which, again, throws off the whole internal clock because typically we're here on – a Thursday, but because of uh, there's all kinds of schedule. For instance, tomorrow I'm not even on from nine to noon. Tomorrow Steelman is sliding in because even though I said 86 times the show's nine to noon, uh, we're going to be doing 12 to 2:30 ish <laughs> tomorrow from uh, women's gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, the show's nine to noon. Hey, uh, so can you do like 12 to three? The show's nine to noon. Perry, well, what do you think we should do? The show is 9 to noon. Um, but I'll do whatever it takes to make Caitlin Fournier and, and my man Perry Spencer happy. So tomorrow, from noon until 3, 2.30-ish, we're going to be at Women's Gymnastics to help promote the Friday night showdown between Oklahoma and Michigan, which is one versus two, right? I mean, it's big time. You get an opportunity like that, we'll do whatever it takes to get out there and go and help promote it. And because Friday is meet day, because Friday, not M-E-A-T-M-E-E-T. I uh, kind of don't want to be over there asking the women's gymnastics what their favorite color is, right? You want them to be focused and ready to go. So we'll be uh, at women's gym tomorrow from noon until 2, and you're out completely tomorrow, right? I'm out. I'm out doing uh, some hockey tomorrow. But uh, that should be fun, man. It's obviously a gigantic meet for them, and we've had a blast in the past when we've – been able to get out there and hang around with women's yeah. gymnastics and interview as many of the athletes as possible. So I'm sure it'll be it'll be a really, really cool time. So big show today, but much like yesterday, everything is very fluid on the program today. Remember yesterday we had reached out to Coach Gasso and Jenny Baranchek. Coach Baranchek ended up joining us at eleven thirty yesterday. I thought that was awesome. Uh, if you missed it, you can find it on our podcast page. Today, we're very much up in the air as to what time Coach Gasso is going to join us. I know she's got an event, I want to say at like 11 this morning. So if uh, it's if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here pretty quick in the show. So if you listen early, uh, Coach Gasso coming up here in the first couple of hours of the program today as Oklahoma pre- prepares for what is truly a bye week. Now, Again, um, I said a lot on the broadcast this weekend, for those that carry over from the OU softball games to this show, I said a lot, hey, keep an eye on at OU underscore softball, keep an eye on the Twitter feed, keep an eye on Soonersports.com. There, there, there could be, there might be, and at the time there very well was going to be an announcement of a potential 
home series this weekend. But as time progressed, that either deteriorated or things changed, and now there's not going to be a home game this week. And the next home game will be Monday when Oklahoma takes on Minnesota. So the Sooners and the Gophers on Monday will be the next home game. Then the team will jump on a plane Tuesday and travel to, I almost said Japan for some reason, and travel to Hawaii. So we're going to be heading to Hawaii tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, for uh, a big series. But for now, no home games this weekend. Next home matchup is with Minnesota, who has kind of got off to a bit of a struggle. What's that? You're going to Hawaii next weekend? Look at us. Gary Cavins and I can hang out in Hawaii the same. Let's go, baby. Now, are you having to work the whole time? No, okay. <laughs> but the Sooners will be in Hawaii to square off against, guess what, Baylor's going to be out there. They're going to take on Hawaii. So it's it's going to be a fun weekend for the Sooners softball team. But, again, they'll prepare with a showdown against Minnesota. So no game this weekend. Game on Monday will be fun. Oklahoma, Minnesota, and then off to Hawaii, where, again, it's Hawaii. So make note of some very unique start times for the Sooners. For instance, their first game on Thursday the 10th is at 7.30. Then on Friday they play Cal's going to be out there, which is also kind of a full circle moment because Jocelyn had originally and initially committed to Cal. Uh, So they'll take on Cal Friday the 11th at 7.30. And then that Friday night – They take on Hawaii at 10 p.m. before wrapping up against Hawaii for a very rare 4 o'clock first pitch on Saturday the 12th. And, again, you know, typically you go on these early season series and you play five games in a weekend, uh, just four. So I think that's pretty good as well. Now, um, do you want to start getting into the frustration, Josh Helmer, over what happened last night or do you want to actually try to break on time today and then dive all in to the disappointment with major league baseball it's because it's 9 14 if I, I feel like we've taken care of all the announcements and everything on the show gary's coming up at 10 a.m this morning coach Gasso, whenever her schedule allows it um your calls at 329-9000-405-329-9000 air comfort solutions text line 651 651- Three four three nine. We've got post game from last night that we'll get to with Porter Moser. We've got some players that we'll hear from. We've got a big game tonight for women's basketball, but we have big time frustration with Major League Baseball not being able to figure it out. So your call: Do we just start now and get so ridiculously ahead of the chains it's inconceivable, or do we go ahead and break and stay kind of on track? Let's. Be professional this morning. Let's take an opening T.O. and stay on the clock. How about that? Look at you. Look at you. All right, big night in college basketball beyond. Beyond just Oklahoma's 72-59 win over West Virginia. It was upset city where TCU seemed like it firmed up its spot in the NCAA tournament. It was a wild finish between Wisconsin and Purdue and a great game last night between Villanova 
and Providence. And speaking of upsets, how about Nebraska knocking off Ohio State? They commit to Fred Hoiberg, and they go out and win a game. Pretty awesome. But when we come back, baseball has made a very, very poor decision. We'll tell you about it next. It is the Plank Show right here on the ref. We're on the road today at Cavens Construction. It's where we spend uh, our Thursdays. But with the women's gymnastics matchup against Michigan, the number one team in the country, uh, we decided we were going to head out to the, what is it, the women's gymnastics? Are we, We're we not at the LNC. We're at the Sam Vierson Center, right? I think so. We're at the practice facility. So we'll be talking to a lot of the gymnasts, getting to know them, promoting up OU and Michigan on Friday night, and hopefully helping to sell some tickets. Josh, I'm still very triggered. There's a lot of things that have triggered me today. It's a bad day for me not to be in studio because I can't come talk to you during commercial breaks. But I, I before I get into – I'm very frustrated with sports, right, very frustrated with sports right now because of the baseball thing, which we'll touch on here in a second. But I just want to – you know, my night was planned, right? I was going to go. Um, I was going to go take the girls, my, my youngest – who turns seven tomorrow, is a big soccer fan. And she plays with, uh, I guess it's the, the, the Celtic League, and she plays in that select team. She loves it. She's she's not she's not superstar rock star. She just loves to play and be around her teammates. And I was going to take her to the Crosstown Clash last night, which, as you said, was riveting as the girls for North won. Congrats to our guy, Trevor LaFood. And what, on the boys' side, we had PKs? PKs, Norman High, 3-2 to two in PKs. After we were knotted up one apiece after the conclusion of the second half, and they found a way to win in PKs. Four, uh, three goals in four minutes for Norman North on the girls' side of the wow. equation in the second half. And then Coach Trevor LaFood proceeded to come up, join us in the booth, and tell us uh, – how much better they can play moving forward. <laughs> I love Trap. You know what I was doing, Josh? Do you know what I was doing what were during you the time to? when I should have been sitting, eating popcorn, enjoying girls and boys soccer? I was moving a 500-pound table in a rented truck from Home Depot in the middle of 5 o'clock traffic going from Norman – sorry – Goldsby to Edmond, then back to Goldsby, then back to Midwest City to return the truck, then back to Goldsby. I can't even get started on it because I get so triggered. Yeah, that's awful. Home Depot has, listen, if you, because I don't want to, you know, I have friends that have trucks, right? I do. But I'm not going to call, I'm not going to call TJ and be like, hey, TJ, congrats on the new truck. Listen. My wife has purchased this 500-pound made-out-of-a-tree table. Can I just f- flop it in the back of your truck and burn about a half a tank of gas to go drive it 500 miles? What was going on on I-35 yesterday? Is that every single day? You people do not know how to drive. What is your problem? By the way, you can solve a lot of issues with two things. I- I- I've come to this conclusion in traffic. This is my way to fix traffic. Number one. No left-hand lane exits. That exit, to get on flood off 35, you get these dopes. 
that have got to get over eight miles before the exit and go five miles under the speed limit. That's number one. Number two, make the right-hand lane in three-lane traffic for trucks only. That's it. Solved. I fixed America here in the span of 24 minutes on this show. Just, just leave the right lane for trucks. Boom. Problem solved. But no, no. They've got to get over and slow everything down. And then everyone's left at left lane exits. You got to s- start slamming on your brakes eight miles before the exit. What are we doing, Josh? What are we doing? I'm having highway PTSD listening to this sequencing of events. And I'm in a truck that someone had burned like 80 heaters in, and I'm trying to survive while everyone – I might – Babe, you know what will be a good idea? Let's drive to Edmond at 4 o'clock and pick up this 500-pound truck. All right, this 500-pound table. Cool. Then we'll all try to lift it and put it on its base. It'll be great. We'll have a blast. It'll be so much more fun than going to the games. So did you secure the table and it's safely at the house now? Bag has been secured. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I'm still very angry. In case you can't tell, Josh, there's a whole story that goes with this that I'm very triggered about, but this being a sports show, let me segue to something else that I'm triggered about. And it is it is the inability for baseball, and this goes for about every single sports league that's had labor issues. And, you know, I even think about this, Whenever you and I were doing this show during COVID, I just, I don't think leagues are as proactive as they need to be over issues, sorry, issues that could end up affecting games. In other words, I go back, you and I talked about this a lot. Remember, Josh, during, during baseball's restart after in the middle of the pandemic. I shouldn't say after in the middle of the pandemic, right? During that restart, you and I were just in shock that literally it was the week. It kept getting pushed back, right? Hey, next week they're going to try to start. Next week they're going to try to start. The following week. And we were just shocked that all of these issues that should have been talked about throughout, all of a sudden it's like, well, we didn't really talk about that. Listen, we got to get to that. It's just it's very... It's very reactive, right? It's not – there's not a proactive bone, I think, in Major League Baseball's body. And that's what angers me more than anything else. Because they act like they, being the MLBPA and the Major – they're both responsible, okay? MLB Players Association and Major League Baseball. I have a question. Why did they wait until the last possible moment to get together and figure this out? I know deadlines per action, but as soon as there was a lockout, as soon as they're like, listen, we're going to lock out, we're going to work on these issues. Josh, why didn't they start working on this right away? Why does it take marathon meetings three to four days before this deadline to where that's when we finally realize we have a problem? Why? 
Because you have people in positions of power that don't understand, hey, let's start these discussions a little bit quicker so as to avoid losing the first two series of the season and perhaps more. Why couldn't these conversations have started in earnest a month before they did? It seems as if they create they, – listen, I, I'm going to speak in very much broad terms here because I'm very pro-players in everything. I'm pro-player in everything that is out there. I want the players to have as much as they can get from college to high school to the pros. I want I want you to get what you deserve. But I also think sometimes that pro player stance can shoot you right in the foot, a la the NBA, at times. Very pro player, and I think it's been to the detriment of the league. But I digress. I'm still pro player. I just wonder if what, and I know everyone that's that's on Twitter, well, just keep this in mind. Baseball even accepted this deal. They'd still be making money hand over fist. Yeah, it's nice to say that now. But there's certain principles for the players that they're standing on, and there's certain principles for the owners that they're standing on. And all of them, to me, seem very petty. But as we sit here at 9.29 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, Major League Baseball has canceled its first two series of this season. By no means a death sentence for the 2022 baseball season, but by no stretch of the imagination is this a, a, a solid start for anything. Breaking news. This is not good, Josh. Breaking news. Not going well. And it broke late last night. Now, listen, I got, I got tweets that we can hit i've got um what else is there that that's oh i've got audio that i want to play but i do have an overriding question more than anything else who's to blame for this who do you point a finger at and say this is your fault this is your mistake this is your mess who do you blame the the players or do you blame the owners the owners. Uh, so much of this is just pin up frustrations from not not even just a couple of years ago when with COVID you wound up getting all the way sliced and diced back to just a 60-game season. And there's a lot of anger that still exists from that. We're talking about multiple decades of players feeling like, we're not getting paid what we deserve. And when you have that festering existing in the sport, and then at every turn the the owners don't really make a lot of concessions. Uh-oh. Sorry about that. Uh-oh. Automation had ideas of its own. When you, <laughs> at every turn, don't really make concessions, then you arrive in a situation like this. I'm going to put up a Twitter poll today, and I know this isn't breaking news, and I know it's something that you've probably seen a lot, but the question to me is, who do you blame? 
you know what? Let me rephrase that. I don't know if it is who do you blame. I think the question is, when do you think Major League Baseball will figure this out? And maybe there's even a larger question here at 932 on the home of Sooner fans. Do you care? When you see something like this, and maybe, Josh, we need to hash through how we might want to phrase this. This is called doing my pre-show prep on the air, Casey. Dock me a day's pay. But I was thinking about this as we've sitting sitting and talking about it. You know, I'm watching I'm watching first take. Gary has a great setup for us here in the Cavens Mobile Studios. And they've got Christopher Russo on. Christopher Russo might be one of the most passionate baseball minds, mad dog, that there is. They talk baseball for five minutes. And it's on to the Lakers and now Aaron Rodgers. I mean, do maybe the maybe the bigger question is Baseball and the MLB, MLB and the MLBPA can't figure it out. The first two games, uh, series of the season have been canceled. How high does this rake on your sports radar right now? And Toby brought up an excellent point this morning. Right now, on March 2nd, or is it still the 2nd or is it the 3rd? On March 2nd, it doesn't rank that high, right? Because on March 2nd, that's... Baseball's not happening, right? It's not going on anyway at this point. You got March Madness, you got the NBA, you got the NBA playoffs to think about. You've got the NFL, NFL draft coming on. It's combine week. This isn't a time when it really truly is something that you're like, oh no, it's this is bad. This is a time where you're like, oh, they're a bunch of idiots. This person's a moron. How dare they not figure it out, right? But future sports self. This is a potential big deal. But I think we all assume, Josh, by May or June, they're going to have this figured out, right? So maybe that bigger question is, are, are, are you not as worried now because you feel like it's inevitable that they're going to get this thing figured out? It seemed like entering yesterday, the night before, there had been some serious, serious progress over the course of the 16 and a half hours they met and the 14 different sessions or meetings that they held. And then Major League Baseball made its quote-unquote final best offer, and the players rejected it. So where does that leave us at now? The question becomes this. Now that the owners have given that offer and it's been rejected by the players, are the owners going to be in the business of legitimately bargaining from this point going forward? Or now do they start to get serious and say, you know what, a couple of the concessions that we had made to you, we don't, we don't want to do those anymore. And then if that's the case, then you start talking about, okay, we could start seriously losing some months of the season. Because right now, okay, two series, big whoop, right? 162 games to right. 156. It, it – for the most part, I think most any baseball fan would agree, hey, you'd rather play 162, but if it's 156, if it's 140, nobody's going to be that upset about that. You start start keep chopping away, and people, people will be very frustrated. All right, quick break. When we come back, it's 935 on a two, Wednesday. They should have the plank show. Sorry, being at Cavens on a Wednesday has thrown me off too. Patty Gasso at some point this morning. Uh, we're going to hear from Porter Moser post-game. Plus, uh, when we come back, let's hear from those involved in a big sports decision last night. 
Major League Baseball has canceled, not postponed, not delayed. They've canceled the first two series of the season. This is the home of Sooner fans. Back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. We're on the road at Cavens Construction today. Gorgeous day. Hopefully you can get out and take advantage of it. CavensConstruction.com. Also, part of the problem about a gorgeous day like today is the weather roller coasters. So as ice starts to melt, there might be areas where you didn't realize it, but you got a problem in your home. Water remediation is a major issue. It can lead to mold. Gary is here to help you in both Norman at 573-3048 and in Tulsa at 918-282-7612. You know what's been awesome about the last 24 hours too, Josh, has been all the NFL stuff because you know, so we're going to spend the rest of this hour talking Major League Baseball. But there's a really good chance that it'll be mixed into the top five stories of the day. We'll maybe have a tweet or text or two or ten about it. But after that, I mean, this the combine is taking place. We've got 11 Sooners there that we'll be keeping close tabs on. But the NFL, the combine is so not about the coaches. It's about the general managers. And they the coaches go and the coaches talk. I mean, Sean McVay isn't even going to the combine this year. Now, again, McVay has doesn't have a draft pick till the third round. So it's kind of on the <laughs> that's what the general manager does and his his crew does. But I'm I'm intrigued to see kind of the buzz that comes out of the combine as it relates to the big stories in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, it, this is also where you start fi- figuring out, okay, is is Russell Wilson on the block? Is Deshaun Watson available? And we know Deshaun's available, but maybe you'll get a better idea of what the price is. This has become so much less about the dudes for the NFL. For us, we watch it, right? Thursday, Friday, 4 o'clock, we'll be watching our guys run times. We'll be watching to see how everyone performs. But, Josh, for the NFL, for the talent evaluators, they know they've got pro days coming up. They know they've got more opportunities to go one-on-one. This is that one opportunity now where everyone is together. So if there's a move to be made or if you're intrigued, this is where a George Patton can talk to a Brian Gudenkist. This is where an, an agent can kind of maybe go one-on-one more so with the GMs. I, and I shouldn't even say GM, maybe even more with some of the coaches too. It's evolved is the best way to put it. So I think this is going to be a fascinating week for NFL news. I don't think you're going to get a decision from Aaron Rodgers this week, but I do think, Josh, we're going to find out what might be the cost if he's available at all for a Russell Wilson? I really do. Yeah, that's an interesting point that everybody's kind of all together in one place, and it's yep. only natural that you're going to discuss different options, options that you bet are going to be possibilities that are on the table. And when that's the case, even though a deal might not get struck right here, right now, this week, the foundation, for one, certainly could get set. So, with that in mind, we welcome you back into the Plank Show, where we're going to have some heavy NFL talk as this program progresses. Also, 
There's a 24-7 report. I think it stems from something Dennis Dodds wrote about the desire and the want to speed up college football. Can I go ahead and – you know how I fix the traffic problems? Take away left-hand lane exits and make the right lane the trucker lane. We're good. You want to fix college football's time problem? Stop stopping the clock after first downs. In the final, what is it, two minutes of the game? Or two minutes of the half? Or period, right? Stop stopping the clock. That's first downs. There you go. We're good. We're four set. If you want to do it in the final minute of a half, okay. Stop it. There you go. We just cut probably an hour out of the game. And and limit. And by the way, if TV's complaining about the length of football games, y'all, you're the problem. And I feel like we did this segment like five years ago, and some things we talked about them doing, they actually did, right? Not waiting until oh, there's a review on the there's a review of the, uh, on the field. Uh, let's watch it play out, and then you watch the whole review, and it goes through the 20-minute process. Now at least they've started com- taking commercial breaks during the review process. So that way that's taken up. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. I do want to stay true to our topic, and that's Major League Baseball. Here's what Rob Manfred said last night after everyone got done taking pot shots at him, after everyone got done taking all their cheap shots. Um, I was kind of glued to the MLB Network last night watching – Rob Manfred, say this. We worked hard to avoid an outcome that's bad for our fans, bad for our players, and bad for our clubs. I want to assure our fans that our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort by either party. The players came here for nine days. They worked hard. They tried to make a deal. And I appreciate their effort. Uh. Yeah, yeah, appreciate their effort. What did you say earlier, Josh, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line that caught your eye today? A couple of the the responses we've gotten here. We've gotten some good ones, 651-3439. The one thing they can stop saying is this is about the fans. No way this is about or for the fans. The outcome will only hurt the fans' pocketbooks. The outcome will only hurt the fans' pocket. Well, first of all, I say, I mean, if you go to games, it won't because you won't have to spend money going to, going to games. <laughs> but I get what they're saying, right? If the players win, which they're probably, you know, if they stay in strong to this, it's going to be a lengthy wait. Then it's going to end up costing you more at the box office. It's going to yep. cost you more at the game. Is that the mindset he's throwing in there? Correct. Concessions going up, box office, tickets are going up. Yeah, the owners got to recoup somewhere, right? Right. Um, it's it's the fans that end up paying the ultimate price because a, you don't have games, right? And b, in some way, shape, or form, you're going to end up paying for it in the end. Tony Clark claimed that's what baseball's doing. They're basically, it's 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 basically an economic weapon, as he put it. A lockout is the ultimate economic weapon let me repeat that a lockout is the ultimate economic weapon in a 10 billion dollar industry the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have the players um okay fair point but Solution. is this a situation yeah it, what is this great i i don't disagree with you did i use that properly don't disagree with you but 
What does this say about whether or not the MLBPA can work something out here, Tony Clark? Today is a, a sad day. We came to Florida to navigate or to negotiate for a, a fair collective bargaining agreement. Despite meeting daily while here in Florida, uh, there is still work that needs to be done. We are seeking improvements to our CBA because significant improvements are needed. We've made no mistake about that fact over the course of the last three or four years based on what we've seen on the field and off the field. I mean, listen, I'm going to – there is a part of me that's going to play dumb whenever it comes to some of the issues that they're talking about, right? I'm going to – listen, I, if we're going to start getting into topics like the uh, the international draft and the importance of that, um, uh, if we're going to get into – kind of the debate about what is it like tax taxable credits and things of that is now i'm going to step back and be like, okay um bonus pools things of that nature i understand that that's an area i can get behind but there's certain things that whenever i look at it i think okay i mean minimum salaries i i understand that six hundred seventy-five thousand to seven hundred thousand, moving it up 10 grand per year it's good you know that's that's a lot of money but baseball wants more, and I understand. Rob Manfred, I like how everyone gets all mad when Rob Manfred says, hey, you know, it's kind of been tough from a, a money perspective for our owners. You know, it's no one has any sympathy for billionaires, Rob. <laughs> it's like, okay, listen, we understand that there were no fans in the stands for a lot of places, but there's still billionaires with a B. So I don't know if that's necessarily a tact I would have taken if I was baseball. All right, uh, we got a break. We got a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one with my poll question. We'll see what Coach's schedule looks like, see if Coach Gasser can join us right here on the Plank Show. Hey, true, hang in there. I want to get to you at 405-329-9000. Um, but I, I do want to finish because I asked a very simple question on Twitter, at Plank Show, that's at Plank Show. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because the question is very simple. We're getting closer to 100 votes. It's been up for like 10 minutes. When do you feel like the Major League Baseball season will actually start? I put April, May, June, and it won't. So, Josh, you said your vote was for May, correct? I'm dialed in, baby. May. 45%. have said May. The second highest number it won't now i don't know like i said i don't know if that's fans just being a you know being a bit of a curmudgeon now because of this but here's a couple of tweets at plank show that caught my eye robert writes honestly i really don't pay attention to the regular season unless the cardinals are on a winning streak so basically i'm not watching anyway which cracked me up david I don't see an I don't care voting button. Sorry, OU softball has all my time right now. <laughs> now, again, in, in, in fairness, right, in fairness, I'm the same as David. But I think a lot about future Chris, okay? And the college softball season will be over around June 15th. So, you know, by June 15th, and I – uh, there's nothing else going on. You got the College World Series for baseball, of course, right? But 
I mean, Josh, for, from a baseball perspective, I agree with you, David. But there is that future mindset that has to be in play here, doesn't it? Yes. Nobody wants to go a summer without Major League Baseball. It would be so disappointing. And I don't think we're going to get to that point. I think they're going to get this locked down. They're going to get it figured out. We're probably going to lose the first month of the season, but I don't see us losing much more than that. Because there was some progress made recently, but they just have not gotten the final offer done. No, they haven't. They're not even close. But I still, I think the funniest thing that that cracks me up in all of this is the reporting. How could they be so close to a deal and then so far away? Yeah, Nightingale totally hoodwinked us. I know. Curse you, Bob Nightingale. Plank Show, Hour 1 has been brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. That's vhfence.com. Their perfection is your protection. It's the Plank Show.